All right, man. Well, look, <laughs> this is interesting, man. Let me, you know, the season ended last time we talked, they had two games left. Uh, we, and we talked about them finishing the season fairly strong or, uh, or at least seeing some signs of, of growth and, uh, you know, some, some signs of maturity here and there from the team. Uh, what, what, what are some of your final thoughts on the season, man? It's another, it's another clunker, but now it's just at a, at a point to where we're trying to see where they, uh, where they end up in this lottery. And, and obviously who they hire as head coach. You know, I, I do think the ending was good. And I think that's one thing that you can point to. I remember this time last year, everybody being so excited about the way they finished that season and guys were putting up numbers, but the Rockets lost all those games. I mean, you, you look at it, they had this, you know, Jalen Green and Porter and, and those guys, they were putting up big numbers. You know, once once they sat Eric Gordon and Dennis Schroeder and Christian Wood, and they really just let the young guys take over, they went 0-7 during that stretch. You look this year, they played all their guys, all their guys were healthy, and they won a bunch of games down the stretch. They won four out, out of their last five. So I do think that they go into – um, the offseason on a high note by the way that they close out the year. I think that that can can really uh, help them moving forward. And I, I meant to look at this because I mentioned Scott Brooks and Oklahoma City. Um, and it kind of reminds me, and I'm going to make these stupid parallels, but I'm going to do it's It's a dumb parallel, but I'm going to make it anyways. The Thunder in 2008-2009, their first year in Oklahoma City. And uh, – they they were terrible. They were terrible that season. That was Kevin Durant's first year, and it was Russell Westbrook's rookie year. And and uh, they they fired PJ Carlissimo. Um, sorry, I'm trying to search for this. While so so that would be that would be Durant's second year then, right? It was Durant's second year. It yeah. was um it was Russell Westbrook's first year, and that team finished the season 23 and 59. And this is after they started the year one in fifth, one in one in sixteen. They were at one point two and twenty-four. But again, they finished the season strong. It set them up moving forward. They made another top three pick. They got James Harden. They made the playoffs the next year. Again, I am taking huge leaps right now with that. It's our podcast, Adam. We can do whatever we want, man. This is H Town Hoops. Go ahead, go ahead, man. That is, that I can sell that to my fan base. I can sit here and say, you know what? We have two guys that we think we have two foundational pieces that we think can be all stars in the future. We're going to make another pick. Then we could get somebody who is just as foundational and it has the same type of upside uh, as the other two as, as green and as Smith, we have all this cap space that so we're going to spend, we're going to spend this money and we're going to get better that way. So we have a chance to go into next season with a completely revitalized roster all these young guys, all these seven first round picks that we have made in the last two years, they're going to get a whole summer of work and they're going to be better when we go into next season. It's taken a huge leap, but I do think the Rockets can go into next season. And I think they will go into next season saying, and first, and frankly, they need to go into next season saying we can get into at least the play-in mix. Because first of all, they need to be good because their pick is controlled by Oklahoma City unless it falls into the top four, which would, you know, if you're finishing with the worst record in the league and you have a 50-50 chance, that's not a good thing. But I do think that they can sit here, and I'll be interested whenever we do hear from Rafael Stone and if we hear from Tillman Fertitta in the next couple of days, I will be very interested to hear what they feel like is a timeline for them moving forward to get into the play-in, playoff mix because I don't think it is that far-fetched for them to be able to say, with all the picks that they've made, 
with all the, the money that they have off the books, with the picks that they will have, I think that you can sit there and honestly say we have a chance to at least be in contention for the play-in next year. For sure, man. The good things I would say about the Rockets this year is that I, I do feel like every player that is either for sure a part of the the core or potentially a part of the core, I feel like for the most part, improved this year. I'll list them. Kevin Porter Jr., and Jalen Green and Jabari Smith, let's just name them off top, of course, as the number two and number three overall pick. Let's just start with him. Jabari Smith got better tremendously. The The leap that he took from where he started to where he finished, I think, is something that we've talked about before, but also something that the Rockets themselves have to feel really, really good about. Uh, Jalen Green, I thought, um, was somebody who had some struggles at times, but is for definitely a... a much better player than he was when he was drafted almost two years ago now. And then Kevin Porter Jr. We've, we've sung his praises plenty on this podcast, but someone who got better. Alperin Shingoon, another one who's we talked about the the from the beginning to the end, where things started and where things ended for him this season. Uh, and K.J. Martin uh, is a, another story. Tari Eason as a rookie. You know, these are guys who I think got a lot better uh, as the season went on and 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 showed a lot of promise and so i would say that's the positive thing the and the other thing that i would say that i'm not sure is negative but it's still just sort of a question or an incomplete is that they've now drafted a player number two overall and number three overall and you don't get to just say hey i'm drafting a guy who's going to be the best player on a championship team like you don't get to just order that you know from the draft you draft the best player that you possibly can and see how things develop and see how things go. But as things have gone, I'm not there yet of feeling like or knowing that they have a guy on this team that could be the best player on a championship team. There's no way to know that yet. They're mm-hmm. too young. They haven't played enough games, um, and, and but they also haven't done anything yet that's so clear and obvious that dictates and says, hey, that guy could be the best team, the best player on a championship team. Like, I feel like people felt that way about Luka Doncic a year or two into his career where you don't necessarily have that yet with, with these guys. And that's okay. You know, it's not the end of the world that that's not the case, but that would be like one of my other like wait and sees. It's like, okay, Jalen green took a step this year, became a more physical player, a better finisher, uh, someone who goes to the free throw line a lot more still needs to become more efficient, still needs to improve his shot. But what's the next step? What, What does his growth look like? you know, in year three, you know, um, and, and beyond, obviously. Um, but but that's that's where I'm at, feeling like, hey, Rockets fans should be happy that they saw some growth, but also feel like there's an incomplete there because it's not like it was so – obviously they were as bad as they were as a team. It's not like you've seen anything that's so overwhelming that makes you feel like, yeah, that, 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 that guy's going to take us to the promised land or wherever we're trying to go, which is also, I think, part of – the pray for Vic part two is, is where you feel like, Hey, maybe that, maybe that is that guy. Yeah, for sure. And you, you can see it. I mean, and that's, what's important is that you can see, you can see the upside, you can see the future. And and that's why I think that the last five games were important because you could at least see that, Hey, these guys, there's something there. Like there's something brewing that could possibly turn into a great team moving forward. Now, 
we got a long way to go. I mean, you're, you're coming off of 22 wins. You're not just going from 22 wins to 60 and contending for a title right away, but there's something there. There is some, there is talent there. Uh, and, and again, the cap space is so important. And this summer is so important for them to get that right. Because if you misspend the cap space, then you set yourself back and now you're really relying on, on these young kids to, to take the leap, which I'm sure they believe that they can. Um, and then moving forward, there is always Brooklyn to look for. And, you know, they're not going to get anything out of that Brooklyn pick swap this year, but they have Brooklyn's 2024 pick. It doesn't seem like the Nets are are, are going to, to fall off anytime soon. Just we saw that team recover to make the playoffs this year, but at least they're, they're kind of that possibility there. So um, all, all in all, I think they sit in a better spot today than they did this time uh, last year, but now, now, now they, now they move into a new phase and now it's about, we have to actually start winning basketball games. We have to start putting wins together. We have to start playing the right way. If they can do that, then they've got a great opportunity here moving forward. But this is the hard part. The easy part is losing the games and compiling a bunch of talent. The hard part is melding that talent together and turning it into a winning basketball team.